0: welcome to personal finance cat where i share my personal take on personal finance all right friends we're going to talk about why gas prices are so high to be honest it's getting a bit frustrating to hear about discussions on this topic because gas price just as about anything nowadays including the global pandemic is politicized While I do admit that government policies do have an impact on many things, including product prices, there are many other factors at play. And most important of all, for a global product like oil, the market mechanism that works through supply and demand, the foundation of modern day economics, is simply at play here. I will never forget the explanation my Econ 101 professor gave about why the simple supply and demand model can explain so much, whereas some of the alternatives, such as the Marxism economic theory, do not. Let's say your favorite artist, Elvis Presley, decided to auction off his iconic white jumpsuit. Do you think it's going to sell for the same retail price of a similar or same jumpsuit? Based on Marxism economic theory, the price of a good should be determined by the quote-unquote intrinsic value of the said product i.e. how much human labor, materials, machine hours, etc., were put into the product. So these jumpsuits should be priced similar or the same, wouldn't they? Well, the reason that they definitely were not is because that Elvis jumpsuit is the one and only. In other words, the supply is very limited, which is exactly one. Well, the demand is high because, well, Elvis is still the king. As a matter of fact, This jumpsuit, which he wore during the 1972 Madison Square Garden concert, was recently sold for over one million dollars. As an economist, you got to believe me in this one, the supply and demand model works. So today I'm going to try to explain why the price of gas, which is pretty much dictated by the same market force, only on a much larger scale because it's global is so high and will remain high, unfortunately, for a while. When I started doing my research on this topic, frankly, it got frustrating quick. On one side of the aisle, everything is blamed on Biden. See, for example, this article from Fox, which is titled Media Love Biden's High Gas Prices While Ordinary Americans Struggle with Pump Records. They even went further to create a timeline of all the actions that Biden took that have contributed to this skyrocketing gas price, from the fact that he terminated the Keystone pipeline project to some of the initiatives that he had to favor electric car companies versus the oil and gas companies, which are all true and might have some impact on the oil price. But the question is, to what extent? And then on the other aisle, you see Biden launching the investigations on the oil and gas companies, basically blaming them for price gouging. There is this article on CNN, which cited this letter that Biden sent out to the oil and gas companies and cited some of the things that Biden wrote in that letter. For example, he alleged at a time of war, refinery profit margins well above normal being passed directly onto American families are not acceptable. Okay, so it's not exactly the company's role to be charity. Their sole purpose is actually to increase and protect shareholder value. Even though it is an extraordinary time, We also don't want to forget that they were making huge losses just a year before. Right now, their profits are kind of just barely making up for what they lost. Anyway, as an economist, what I would do is to look at the data, because data doesn't lie. But But opinions, well, they're just opinions. To start with, let's just kind of understand the industry a little bit. Who are the major players and what is the value chain? Starting from the beginning of the chain, there's the crude sourcing, which are the companies that actually extract the oil. There's the refinery production companies that would refine and produce oil. And then there's the primary distribution, which is the companies that transport the refined oil from the refinery to the depots. And then there's secondary distribution, which transport the oil from the depots to the retail customers. And what's interesting is that this article also talked about how because it's so volatile in this industry, there are many variables and moving pieces and therefore many companies choose to operate on a supply push model rather than on a demand driven model so what that means is really you should look at the starting point which is the crude sourcing we all know that the retail gas companies where basically the gas stations are that kind of business doesn't make that much money the margin is very thin and they really make their money in the convenience stores that are attached to these gas stations as I said earlier because such a world market the oil prices are very much competitive but to prove that i found this oil price charts which shows the future prices there's a correlation between the current prices and the future prices whether the oil comes from us uk middle east asia latin america etc the prices of the crude oil they all kind of hover around a similar price around 100 in change, more or less per barrel. So it's really a competitive market. And every country when they supply the crude oil, it's at a similar price. Even some of the countries that are pretty restrictive, like China, their prices are slightly higher, actually, but they mainly supply to their own use. So you can almost say that it's an exception, but even for China, its crude oil prices are pretty similar. point is, because it's a competitive market, really what a single country does wouldn't matter that much to change the world price. Even if the US oil companies try to increase supply, it's not going to change the global output by that much, and therefore it would only have a very minimal impact on the gas price at the pump. Another factor is that these companies actually do not have the incentive to produce more, which is bound by their duty to increase shareholder value. Now, I don't want to get into the morality debate. There is actually a fundamental legal reason why a corporation's sole purpose should be to create shareholder value. It's definitely another long topic for another day. That aside, even CNN has an article that talks about why the oil companies in the US in particular are not that keen in increasing supply. First of all, the U.S. is still a capitalist country, last time I checked. So the companies actually don't really adhere to the national mandate, so to speak. But then they also have been reluctant or unable to resume producing oil at pre-pandemic levels because there's so much concern that tougher environmental rules could cut future demand which is a very legitimate concern, because as we all know, it's not like the oil companies are the favorite of people, if they really increase supply, which means they will have to hire more workers and build more facilities, that's not being responsible for a for profit company in the future, if demand drops, then they would face a lot more loss. And realistically, they probably can't even find enough people and can't find the equipment due to the labor shortage, due to the supply shortage. It's just like what everybody's facing nowadays. I understand people have short-term memories now for many, many reasons. But also, I want to remind you that not that long ago, we're talking about less than five years ago, oil companies were performing really poorly. Actually, I found this article from Boston Consulting Group And I'm citing part of the article here. Because of the weak crude price, the oil sector is also near the bottom of the 33 industries in this year's BCG value creators rankings, which ranks value creators from 2013 through 2017. So this was published in 2018, which was five years ago. And then at the time, oil companies were doing terribly. If you recall, not that long ago, the crude oil prices was negative because of the pandemic people weren't using cars, people weren't allowed to travel. The oil companies suffered terribly. On Investopedia, they reported the profits of 41 largest publicly traded oil and gas producers and refiners. So in Q3 2021, they made net profits totaled $16.7 billion compared to a loss of $16.7 billion a year earlier. In other words, they just made enough to offset their loss just a year earlier. In terms of the other argument that because they make so much profit, their stock prices are soaring, that's also a myth. Because when I looked at the top 10 oil and gas companies, I went to check each of their stock prices and the results are a mixed bag. First of all, a lot of these companies are non-US, so you can say maybe that's not really what Biden is kind of referring to, But even if you look at the U.S. companies, Exxon, for example, their stock prices increased a lot compared to the dip in 2020. But if you compare to five years ago, yes, it went up still, but not to the same extent as compared to the increase from 2020. But then there are also some U.S. companies that are not doing as great. For example, Philips 66 actually was a net decrease compared to five years ago stock price is also not the best indicator of how the company is doing. Again, it's probably another long topic for another day. So is Fox right? If Biden didn't do all those things, would supply be higher and therefore gas price for the US consumers would be lower and people won't be suffering as much? Well, Not really, because this is a global market. I found an organization called the U.S. Energy Information Administration, or EIA. I never heard of them before, but apparently they exist. I guess it makes sense. They publish all kinds of statistics about oil and gas. To my point earlier, if the price is higher globally, the U.S. companies wouldn't just sell domestically because they can make higher profit margins selling on the world market. Currently, we're still exporting, believe it or not. If we look at the latest statistics from April 2022, U.S. produced 90 million barrels per day, but we exported about half of that, exactly 9.5 million barrels per day. What's interesting is that if you look at the prior years, we exported about the same amount of crude oil per day, but the production level actually varied quite a bit in those years. So the moral of the lesson is the companies are just trying to make as much profits as possible because their goal is to increase shareholder value. Even if these US companies, for whatever reason, can magically increase their supply, they're still going to probably export most of it because that's how they can make a lot of margin. Again, I'm not going to the morality debate. This is what any other companies would do. even if. Biden didn't do all those things, and there's the keystone pipeline being built, and there's still those incentives for the oil and gas companies to supply more, it's just not going to change the situation currently by any great extent. Even CNN admits that the silver bullet really is to increase supply, and that just simply can't be done in the short term. You might ask, so what should I do this impacts me in a huge fashion. To be honest, I think our hands are kind of tied. I found this article from Forbes, which is kind of cute because it proposes five methods that you can use to deal with this high gas price situation. Things like use the gas station reward card, use a credit card that has a reward program, et cetera, et cetera. Let's just be honest. If you save 1% on the price, It's not going to make a big difference. I can think of some big picture solutions here. Price is really kind of a mechanism of how the supply and demand model should work, right? So maybe the best thing to do is to cut out demand or reduce demand instead of going on random drives, maybe bike to places or maybe consider carpool. If you have two cars, one is more efficient, use the more efficient car more often. And then if you really want to think big, maybe now is the time to consider purchasing an electric car if your car is due for an upgrade. Right out of the storm, if the US as an oil supplier is just a drop in the bucket, we as individual consumers are definitely a drop in the bucket. There is not that much we can do, unfortunately. You can either adapt or okay one final thought even though this is not gonna address any immediate issue when i was doing this research i also started to research on what rich people's general view towards the whole green initiative is and i found an article that talks about the three richest people in the world bill gates elon musk and jeff bezos they all actually have kind of different viewpoints. What I found interesting is that Bill Gates thinks that the real solution for the energy crisis and the emission associated with burning fossil fuels is actually nuclear power. One of the charts I was looking at that shows US consumers energy consumption, kind of where those are sourced from, obviously, a huge chunk of it is fossil fuel but there's actually a tiny bit that is already from nuclear power but we all know that nuclear is kind of a taboo word because if it's used as a weapon it's definitely massively destructive and nobody wants that but how about using it as energy if tiny bit of source can produce so much power and if we can use it in a controlled fashion, that really sounds very promising. But anyway, that's just uh, one interesting for thought and I want to share it because I'm all about sharing information. All right, some closing remarks. When I first recorded the episode, the national average gas price per gallon was almost $5. Since then, the price has come down a bit. As of today, July 18th, the national average is about $4.5 per gallon, even though in some states like California and Hawaii, the average is still over $5 per gallon. The reason for this drop is mainly caused by the fear of recession, which serves to reduce demand. According to EIA's published oil future price, starting around mid-June, it has started to come down indicating that gasoline prices would come down as well. Well, thank you for listening to the end. Hope you enjoy this episode and come back again for more interesting topics, hopefully. Until next time.